In today's show, I'm joined by Mitch Casey of the Ball Boys, and we're going to just chat fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton, he's going to listen listen in like a creep. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. I still love you, Mick. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, yeah, I'm going to bring in Mitch Casey. You might have seen their channel, um, uh, the Ball Boys NBA Fantasy Channel. Check them out. They're here on YouTube. Go and check those guys out. They have an audio podcast as well. They do great stuff um, here in Australia, up in Brisbane. We got, Mitch has been on the show before, and we're just going to chat Fantasy Basketball. So, hey, what am I waiting for? Let's, uh, let's bring the big fella in. All right, let's bring him in right now. Mitch Casey, welcome back to the show. G'day, Josh. It's good to be back on. It's good to have you on here early on a Saturday morning here for us as we, as always, wake up to news of you know, 10 blokes being added to the COVID protocol yeah. list every day and then uh, surprising ones coming out of the COVID protocols. I don't know if you've seen, but a few minutes ago, Russell Westbrook is out of the COVID protocols yeah. after being put in less than 24 hours ago. So stuff is rapidly changing all the time. Maybe we'll start with that question because I don't know if anyone asked it, but I know I, know I got asked it yesterday a lot and you got asked it today. Isaiah Thomas signed for the Lakers. He's a name that people love. People were just always wanting this guy to play and to be great. Have you added him in any fantasy leagues? Uh, no, zero. Zero fantasy leagues at the moment. Um, I was ready and I was all the questions started coming in. And like when Westbrook went down and a few other players got named out, I started thinking, oh, maybe I'd, I'd watch the first game and see how he goes. But even then, he's just... He's just a player that always gets hyped up and always gets very excited. People are sort of on his side a little bit, um, but he's just not really an NBA talent anymore. So, uh, and in terms of like steals, blocks, rebounds, um, decent percentage, there's a lot of holes to his fantasy game as well. Like he really needs those huge points, huge assists to be somewhat relevant and it would only ever be a short-term thing. And now Westbrook's back. So even that is is not going to happen anymore. Yeah, I don't think they would have started him anyway. They would have put Rondo in there. They would have started LeBron at uh, at point guard. And again, this guy has had... Uh, I know everyone loves him, his underdog story, that sort of stuff. But he had that great season where he shot a ridiculously high, unsustainable field goal percentage on unbelievably high usage and unbelievably high minutes. And then he failed in Cleveland with the Lakers, with the Nuggets, with the Wizards. Uh, I don't even know where else yeah. he went, but it hasn't been able to get it done. And that's not his fault. Like that happens when you get older, when you're that size, when you have a debilitating hip injury. It just is what yeah. it is. Like he just isn't an NBA caliber player at this point. And that's, he's not, not being signed because of some, you know, um, blackballing the league has against him. He just isn't that level of player yeah. anymore. So yeah, look, in a, in a deeper league, sure, take a stream, 20 team or whatever. 
Um, just don't expect anything to happen. Like, if his name wasn't Isaiah Thomas, you wouldn't hear any buzz about it. Like, there are plenty of people who will be listening to this who didn't even know that yeah, Davon Reed, who started for the Nuggets the last couple of games with the hardship exemption, has been cut. Like, he's not even on the team anymore. Yeah. And that's what Isaiah Thomas's fate, I believe, is going to be. But that does take us on to more COVID stuff, Mitch, because people do want to know these questions or these answers to these questions. At the beginning of the season, the thing that I was telling people is make sure you have three injured reserve or IL plus slots. That was my default setting, right? A lot of people disagreed with that. A lot of people were like, nah, we don't have any injured slots or we just have regular injured or it's a, it's a cheat, it's a hack. We don't need that many, blah, blah, blah. And now there's a lot of people coming, hey, we need to increase our injured reserve slots. Um, what do you think about changing that in season? We are almost nine weeks into the NBA season teams have had to deal with this already this year you know if you had DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine or anyone else who's been out for multiple weeks already you have maybe had to deal with that problem and now because it is hitting more teams that there is maybe a push for those injured reserve slots what is your thought on changing a setting like that mid-season it's it's not something that I approach lightly. Uh, like being a commissioner in a couple of leagues uh, you, you try to avoid changing the rules halfway through the season um, it, it is, however, something that could potentially be ruining the enjoyment of fantasy basketball. It could be something that's potentially causing some managers to become like they lose interest or something like that. And, and when things like that start to happen in, in fantasy basketball, I think it is okay to take action for the betterment of the league. This is obviously like it's a very complex issue, like Omicron and things like that. Um, you know, the information changes um week to week month to month day to day so i think that in this instance especially if you started with like only maybe one or or two il sort of spots or maybe they weren't il plus or something like that i think it is okay for the commissioner to maybe take a vote with the 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 players in the league and if if you have a majority vote and everyone's sort of um keen on the idea then then it is okay um I think, yeah, I think that's that's the way I would go about it personally. I, w- I would put a vote to the league and, and see what everyone else is thinking and see where the interest is. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would go a step further than that. I, I agree that it needs to be a vote. I think it needs to be unanimous, really, because if you're, you know, I understand that the need to do it in a lot of situations, but again, it might have negatively impacted one or two teams in week three or week four. And they copped, you know, 8-1 hidings or whatever in that time. And now everyone else gets the advantage. I think it needs to be yeah. unanimous. I think that what you could do on a majority vote is see if you can change your IL to IL plus to deal more with day-to-days or questionables or people not getting injured tags as quickly. Because I believe you know Giannis was ruled out with COVID protocols and didn't get the injured tag straight away, whereas other yeah. players did. And, and that dicks you around. And that's why, again, I stress so much to use IL plus so you're not at the whims of someone hitting a button, whether they're O or I and J, and you have to wait 24 hours. So that creates an unfair advantage you have literally no control over. Um, so changing an IL slot to IL plus, I don't think that requires a majority. That should have been done in the beginning and you, you need to do it now. But I think anything else, adding more slots, adding more, I think I've heard other people say add more weekly ads to to a lineup. I think you've got to get absolute unanimous decision on that. Uh, otherwise, stiff shit because it can negatively impact um, other players in the league who might not be copying it now, but were copying it earlier in the season and it didn't... Um, didn't go well for them. There is another question here, though, that we got submitted relating to that, relating to ads. And it was from Karan Talwar. He says, 
With all these unfortunate COVID cases rises, should we be aiming to keep our four ads until later in the week so that we can sort of take full advantage um, of of absences and, and, and work out who to add? Or I'll take that a step further rather than, yeah, you know, I would maybe leave my ads until 10 minutes before games tip off because you could have added someone for today, Terrence Ross, great ad for today. Mm. And then you wake up and he's been banged with the COVID protocol. So do you think there is more... Um, more necessity to leave it to the end of the week or just closer to game time? Yeah, I, I think probably more the closer to game time for me. Um, like at the end of the week, you, we don't know what's going to happen in a couple of days. So yeah. I think it's even like going the other way. You, you, if you see a good uh, streaming target or something on that day, then just bloody go for it because you know you don't know if that person's or if there's going to be a better option in a couple of days or whatever the case may be. My thing is always like trying to target the back-to-backs trying to target the low volume days if i'm able to get two two games played for one ad earlier in the week that's just as valuable as me getting someone on the last day it's probably more valuable than me getting someone on the last day just because i know where i'm sitting if i can get ahead of the ball game and get ahead of that if i know that okay this this opponent i'm going to be close in threes then i start streaming from the very start of the week targeting those back-to-back days but like you said, I would be, I would be waiting as as close to tip off as you possibly can, uh, because yeah, if you if you add someone, thinking that they're going to be a good stream and then they're out for two weeks and then you just wasted that ad, I think that's probably the bigger thing to be aware of. Um, it's tough with a lot of different time zones, and I'm playing in a few leagues where I'm versing, you know, a lot of people in international areas, and and obviously you you're limited by that. But as best you can, I would be uh, yeah, waiting as close to tip off as possible. I think that's a great idea. I tell you what else is also a great idea, Mitch, and that is getting Truebill because there's plenty of times that we sign up for free trials or ongoing subscriptions and we forget about them, yeah, especially during the, this pandemic. There have been so many things that you might have signed up for while you're at home trying to figure out what to do and they, they just keep on going. So Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 700 bucks, 720 bucks a year, in fact, with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, we make it incredibly simple over at Truebill. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Got a question for you, but I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think on it, and then I'll, I'll do another one in the interim. Um, what's been your biggest surprise of the season, either good or bad? Have a think about that. But another question was regarding a very specific situation here, and that is about Nicholas Claxton, who has been, prior to COVID hitting the nets, um, basically playing entire fourth quarters for this team. They, Lamarcus Aldridge plays the bulk of those minutes in the in the first three, and then Claxton plays like 10 or 11 straight in the fourth quarter. And if I could find the question, it would be handy if I could do that, but it was asking about, yeah, what do the advanced numbers like Claxton defensively? And do you think he's got a chance at taking the starting job and a 25 minute a night role? Well, to answer the advanced stat stuff on Raptor, he has got the third highest uh, defensive rating on that team, plus 2.7, which is behind Paul Millsap and amazingly Blake Griffin. So it does like him, just the Griffin one's a little bit weird there. If I go to the EPM page of Claxton, it doesn't like him as much. It did like him quite a bit there. Um, so I guess it's a little bit up and down in terms of defensive value on those um, on those advanced metrics. He has some really good rim protection. He can switch on the perimeter, but he is quite 
weak isn't the right word, but he's he's skinny and he doesn't have that huge bulk to take on some larger guys. So I think it's going to be a horses for courses thing. I don't really think he's going to play 25 a night. What do you think about Claxton and his role in the Nets? Yeah, I think it's um it's a possibility. Like I'm I'm a big Claxton fan. I didn't I didn't expect Lamarck Soldier to come out and be sort of playing as well as he is and getting the minutes that he is uh, after retiring last season. Um, but there is a world that I do see the the because he's got this opportunity now, him taking those reins and, and maybe at least splitting minutes with Lamarck Soldier. I don't know if he'll ever twenty five minutes a night plus maybe not but he might be getting closer to those lower 20s splitting with Lamarck Aldridge they might play a few minutes small ball with you know maybe Blake Griffin plays a bit at center so I think I think we might be heading a bit more towards a, a timeshare between the two so it, which is not ideal for anyone who's got Lamarck Aldridge or anything like that but I do see scenarios where there, there is a possibility that that Claxton does take the role especially if Kyrie Irving comes back yeah I think if Kyrie does come back then there's more offense on that team they need um, Claxton's defense a bit more so in that scenario I can see Claxton remaining as like the starter and the player that gets the most amount of minutes but as the roster is currently constructed and with Kyrie out at the moment I think that it's a bit more of a, a timeshare matchup based dependent yeah I, I agree regarding the Kyrie thing as well like if he is back then they, they don't need Lamarcus Aldridge and his offense only per game and yeah Claxton yeah. out there with you know 4% usage and just blocking shots and, and playing defense is what Oh, and, and giving that lob threat to to uh, to Harden and to Kyrie as well. I think they're trying to develop him into that role. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a period of time, maybe it's March, heading into the playoffs, where they do play him 26 minutes a night and try and really work on the Harden-Claxton pick and roll, like a, the Harden-Capella pick and roll back in the day, and really ramp that up. But I don't think it's going to be just go straight now and, and play those big minutes. I think they'll be maybe working towards that, especially, as you said, if Kyrie does return. Um, yeah, so players who have surprised you this season... Um, do you have an answer for that one for me, or yeah, I'll, do you want me to I'll, go first? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple of rookies that have surprised me uh, in a good way. Um, Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley have uh, pleasantly surprised me. I was always a big fan of Evan Mobley. I just didn't think it would be happening this early uh, in his career, and the fact that he's playing power forward next to Jarrett Allen, I thought was a bit of a. Oh, I don't know if that's his best position, kind of thing. Um, I, in my in our dynasty rankings, I had him at number two uh, in this rookie class. I think I've already seen enough to push him ahead of Cade Cunningham. Um, I just I just think he's a special talent. I think he is an absolute uh, generational talent from what I've seen. The Cavs are in fourth in the East, uh, which is you know Crazy. considering they've they've lost Colin Sexton as well. I know he's not you know the best player in the world, but he's definitely uh, one of the better players on the Cavs. Uh, he and Garland are definitely a special duo moving forward. And Scotty Barnes, I didn't see the scoring and the threes coming from him. I, I We knew he was a good defensive player, some solid assists and things like that, but I've been very surprised by his level of uh, progression in three-point shooting and, and scoring on this Raptors team. Now, he has been helped a little bit with OG and Pascal, both missing significant amount of time, but uh, I still think it's, it's sort of here to stay in terms of him scoring 15 plus points a game whereas i thought he would be more of like a 10 11 12 points per game kind of score and he's hitting over a three a game so definitely didn't see that coming and on the negative side i think uh, i was a big isaiah stewart fan coming into the season uh thought he would take at least you know 28 plus minutes 30 minutes a game and and run with it get all the block shots and and rebounds and big field goal percentage games that we we expected but obviously that hasn't happened thus far and even with um kelly Linick out he hasn't really 
stepped into the the role that I thought he was going to do early in the season. Yeah, I agree with that on, on Isaiah Stewart. With the uh, the Barnes one, that's been something that's been, I guess, controversial on my show because I've been saying, hey, all these guys are out, like sell him high. That's not for me to say yeah. that um, he's not good or that you give him away for nothing, which people don't tend to understand that concept. But yeah, we saw when they were healthy that his usage did drop way off and he didn't play 40 minutes a night. He played 36. And while that's still huge, it's not 40. Um, and it is something where you can use that to your advantage in fantasy leagues because people often find it hard to see past what's just happened and expect that to just continue ongoing. But my surprise, I guess, stays in Toronto. I, I, I was not big on Gary Trent at all. I, I didn't expect yeah. him to come out and average like three steals a game. That's just come out of nowhere. I thought he'd be horribly inefficient. He hasn't been massively efficient, but he also hasn't been a gigantic drain there. And what he used to do in the past was have these big scoring games and then have a string of bad ones and do literally nothing else. But now he's adding these gigantic steal numbers to his game. His assists have improved a little bit and he's not as bad in terms of overall average efficiency, which is which is good for him. So yeah, I, I probably got that one wrong. Well, not probably. I did get that one wrong on him. Um, again, those steals came out of nowhere. But steals right across the league, Mitch, are way up. Steal numbers are through the roof this year. And that is helping a lot of these guys put up some gigantic steal numbers yeah, like Trent, which has probably been my biggest surprise. On the negative side here, Stewart's one of those. I was obviously down there. Um, just the absolute apathy from Bradley Beal. I, I don't know what is going yeah. on with him. He, he can't hit free throws. He doesn't take threes. He can't hit them. I could have said Damian Lillard in this mix as well, but there is a reason behind that. The Beal one, I don't know what the reason is. He's just, how does he go on, onto this team and have, you know, average eight fewer points per game not take threes anymore usage be way down I, I don't know what's going on and minutes stay it, the same like I, I don't get it it has to be the coaching right like it has to be has the to. changing coaches it has, to, it has to unless he's just so like over over and just trying to play himself out of town I, I don't know what it is they are they are deeper they this winning. year for sure yeah they were and and they, yeah. they are deeper like Kuzma Harrell KCP, like they were way deeper than last season but also Bradley Beal is a step above all of these guys and he still yeah. should have been Maybe not averaging thirty, think, but average twenty-seven, not twenty-one. Yeah, I think I think that it may be that they were a victim of their own early success in the fact that they were winning games early on. Bradley Beal wasn't like taking the the amount of shots that he was taking last season. They were winning games, so he's sort of seen that and gone, okay, well maybe maybe that's what we need to do and, and spread the love a bit more. And and now it's starting to show that actually, you know what? Maybe they just a bit of luck was involved, or or a bit of sort of um, you know bit of fate that, that came through for those games, whatever the case may be. But I'm, I'm still optimistic that, that things are going to turn around and, and things are going to revert back to the norm. But yeah, it is, it is definitely a surprise this, this part of the season. And um, I do still think that some of those steal numbers for Gary Trent still have plenty of time to regress. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're, they're a low-volume stat. So at any moment, they could dry up. So I don't know. Maybe he still is a sell high. Yeah, I think he still is because, again, those guys are going to come back. And if those steals go from two and a half to one and a half, then that's you know, 50 spots, yeah. 40 spots of rankings right there. But Mitch, I know it's going to be a sad Christmas you know, for us here in Australia because we can't order built bars. They, they, they won't ship them out here. So that, that makes it really tough. Like I've written so many lists to Santa to get these built bars because they are the best tasting protein bar ever. I need fuel to get through a family Christmas. I need to just get deliciousness into my mouth. That's like a life motto for me. So built bar, 
Get them out here. But for those of you in America and Canada, love it. You, why aren't you ordering every box in the world? Because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Low in carbs, low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in the all-important metric all important metric of deliciousness. Whatever your favorite flavor, grab yourself boxes of Built Bar before Santa snaps them up to give to all those kids who are putting it right at the top of their list. Built Bar is built different. BetOnline is the place that has you covered all season for props, contests, lines, more than ever before as football season marches towards the playoffs. It is your number one spot for all sports action this season. So head to the updated desktop or mobile site or use your yeah use your mobile device and sign up using our code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome deposit bonus from basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Davion Mitchell just entered uh, COVID protocols today, along with uh, De'Aaron Fox, literally a minute ago. So he's out. So uh, oh, Tyrus Halliburton's playing playing point yep. guard there, I guess. Um, and there's another example of um, waiting for as long as you yeah. can, because with Fox going out, you know, the, the sentiment was, and, and I, I sort of, I did sign off on this on Twitter, but Davion Mitchell looks like he was a good ad, but... You know, a day later, uh, just before their game starts, he's uh, he's in COVID protocol. The difference is there, right, is it's great to be able to wait, like we said earlier. But with someone like that, if you don't wait, someone else will grab you. And it's yeah. a 50-50 proposition. Like, we had no inkling that he would enter into that protocol. Yeah, they um, named five players yesterday, so we thought we were safe. Yeah, and we, we had no idea that that would happen. But if you don't do yeah. it, someone gets it and it pays off, and it is a big win over the course of the week. They are signing, allegedly, Justin Robinson, who's not really a very good NBA player, but they need a backup point guard. He was on the Bucks earlier this season on their two-way, and they uh, they waived him. So they have six guys out in the protocol. Lou King, Alex Len, Terrence Davis, Marvin Bagley, Darren Fox, and David Mitchell. Lucky they've drafted point guards in every draft for the last five years, or whatever they've done. Um, let's... Ooh, is there one more thing we can hit on today? Let's see what else we can go through here before we... Um what are you doing with um? What do you do with uh, Ja Morant? Like, what's what's your expectation as to when he comes back? Because these uh, assholes won't tell us. Um, so you, if you have got like a Tyus Jones or you've added a D'Anthony Melton, are you selling high on them? Are you selling high on Desmond Bain? Like this whole unknown with this this team continues to frustrate us. Like, are you expecting him back before January? Uh, honestly, I've got no idea. And this this team, like, I was I was one of the uh, managers who got burnt by the Jaron Jackson new Jaron Jackson Jr. news last year. Um, you know, the quote was out a minute, obviously. Mm. Um that uh extended into five months into the season, which, you know, didn't help us fantasy managers. And this kind of has that written all over it. It's it's so frustrating how they consistently get away with this. Like a knee sprain is not a diagnosis. A knee sprain could mean an ACL, a knee sprain could mean an MCL, an LCL, a PCL, all those have different timelines. Um now the the wording makes it sound like it's not an acl so he's likely to play again this season so if i'm someone who has jam rant all you can really do is just wait i guess um as for those other guys uh i think desmond bain probably is a sell high we've named him on our show before as a, as a sell high candidate um just for the fact that he is um getting a lot more usage he's shooting really efficiently although he is a very uh efficient shooter uh, i think that it's probably at a unsustainable level at the moment um and just when you do get someone like a Morant come back into the mix that's a hit on two categories if he's shooting efficiently and scoring a lot more points because of the absence of jar that's a big hit to his value but you know it's it's one of those cases if if you can't get him if you can't get the same amount of value that 
he's putting up right now, you might as well just ride it out because we don't know how long it's going to be um, until he's out. But yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I, I'm I'm expecting him at a complete throw of the dart to be back. I don't know. End of January would be would be my guess. I think he might be back start of January, but again, it's mate, it's it's a complete guess. Like he, he literally could play on Monday. Like uh, we we just yeah. don't know. We, we've got no idea what is going on because they continue to be the most frustrating team to deal with for a fantasy perspective. But I reckon that's going to do it for us today, Mitch. Thanks for coming on and having a chat about things going on across the NBA. Give uh, give your channel a bit of a plug here. No worries. Yeah. So um, on the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball YouTube podcast uh, and podcast on Apple. Spotify, all the above. Go make sure you, you check us out. Hit the thumbs up on all our videos. Subscribe. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, at NBA, it's myself uh, tweeting out whenever I have a chance to watch some NBA basketball over here in, uh, in Brizzy. So um, check us out. Go check out Mitch. Go check out the channel. Subscribe to him. Leave comments. Thumbs up. All that stuff that you do. Mitch, thank you for coming on. No worries, mate. Thank you for having me. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Actually, you know what? All right, so before we get out of here, um, Sarah has told me that her brother-in-law, Jake, and um, her partner's brother, Jared, they are big fans of the show, and she wanted to give him a shout-out, which is, which is sick. Jared, it's, uh, it's his birthday this weekend. He's going to become a dad in February, which is awesome. Just reading this little note that she sent to me here. And, uh, and Jake just got married last weekend. So congratulations to you, Jack. Congratulations for you, Jared, coming up this weekend. I hope you guys have a great time. And uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family. Here you go. Chuck that one out there. Um, don't forget to check out the Locked on Bets podcast as well. If you're looking for some betting stuff, Locked on Bets has you covered right across the sporting spectrum. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.